Hi, and welcome back to the Expansive Podcast. My name is Eric. I hope that you had an amazing December, an amazing time to relax and catch up with friends, family, and that you've come into 2020, you're ready to really make a dent in it. As always, I am joined by my ever-expansive, uh, <laughs> amazing podcast host, Mr. John Sane. John, how are you doing, brother? Hello, hello, Eric. How's it going? Nothing like edifying each other to make ourselves feel good about each other. Yes, hello, listeners. Uh, wonderful to be back this year. Uh, as Eric, I'm echoing his comments. I hope you're well rested, ready for 2020. And I'm almost feeling like there's this common sense around the people around me that the sense of optimism and sort of like, you know, you want to crush this year, mm. you want to really expand this year. So, and the number really looks good. It's kind of like it's calming for people with OCD because it's quite balanced. Mm. And, uh, you know, new decade and uh, a lot of the movies that we used to watch when we were kids was all about 2020 you know this was the future oh, yes. here we are and how exciting it is yes but so it's great that, to be here that, that's how, the big yeah. thing it's like we're living in the future now yes <laughs> <laughs> we weren't living in the last year <laughs> now we're living in the future no, no. yeah 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 <laughs> i was actually listening to a, a video the other day and they said you know everybody expected us to have flying cars by 2020 we don't have flying cars but we've got cell phones that are incredibly powerful that nobody expected mm. so we have these sort of anomalies of tech that have arrived we expected different things but we've got different things so yeah in many ways we are in the future and then in many ways we are very much in the past when you look at some of the leaders that are out there in the world right now and what they're sure. doing and playing games uh, with people's lives, which is quite sad. But, uh, you know, it's up to us to want to change the reality we are. And uh, I'm doing a hell of a lot of research around my new book. So a lot of this is coming up for me and the sort of responsibility we have for creating the world we want to live in. How is uh, Joburg, Eric? Yes, very good. I'm kicking off my my speaking for the year tomorrow. Uh, uh -huh. Really sort of eased into the year. I did a couple of uh, individual clients, coaching clients this week. And then from tomorrow, really kicking into high gear. So really excited. And uh, it's just been hot as hell. But apart from that, uh, been amazing. Okay, yeah, I can see actually. I mean, I, I don't know if the listeners know, but we have a video call between Eric and mm. I. I can see you flustered and hot. Uh, it's not hot. blush that you're wearing. Very hot. But it is very hot there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've been seeing your Instagram posts of you and swimming with your son. Oh, yes. And um, by your son, I mean Axel. Axel, yeah. And uh, yeah, it looks, uh, it looks like it's hot there. On the other hand, here in Dubai, it's flooding. There's never been it's so crazy. much rain over the last so few crazy. years and cars are, yeah, cars are like floating on the highway. And I guess, you know, they didn't build the, the roads with drainage because mm. you thought it'd be draining, raining that much, you know, in the but desert, is, for sure. Um, in the desert. Yeah. It's raining a lot. You know, I've just come back from a HR, uh, podcast, uh, HR sort of panel, um, for Emirates. Mm. Uh, Emirates asked me to come sit on a pod, a panel for the future of work, which was really interesting. I'm such a fan of Emirates and the brand and what they've done around the world. So it was a huge privilege to be there and really exciting to getting stuck into sort of the Dubai world of uh, speaking corporations and strategies. Mm. So that's what I've just come back from. And we should definitely do an episode just on that as well, on the future of work. I think it's such an interesting topic and obviously one that we're both yeah. really interested in. So we'll, mm. I've made a little note so that we can do that at some point in the future. But for today, what we want to lead with is... How do you make yourself as attractive as possible for opportunity in 2020? How does that sound? Mm, what a wonderful topic. No, I love that. Yes. And uh, 
the thing for me is is that when we say attractive, we obviously don't mean your six pack or your beautiful <laughs> lips. Uh, we're talking about being attractive, adding impact, and uh, really starting to make a sort of brand out of yourself. Mm. Uh, how, whether you're in a corporate, if you have your own business, how are you making an impact around you? And um, I had the privilege of Eric taking me through his new keynote yesterday, which was fantastic. I really loved it. It's made me think a lot. And uh, it's themed around this uh, word of the year that Eric has chosen for himself. If you follow Eric on social media, you'll see that um, he shared his word um, quite elusively. My word <laughs> of the year is dot, dot, dot. I love that teaser. <laughs> So we could all watch the video. Um, so I watched the video. And so, Eric, why don't we start off with this year of attractiveness and making an impact with your year, um, word of the year, and tell us why you chose it and what hmm. it is. So a quick quick bit of history on that is that last year when I was working with many of my clients in one-on-one in -on -one settings, what became really apparent for me was that people were stuck in survival mode. And survival mode is so stealthy, right? Like you almost don't even know you're in it until someone says to you, oh, by the way, this is what survival mode looks like. And then when you see it and you reflect on what's happening for you, you're like, oh, yes, now I see it. I'm in survival mode. And then as soon as you become aware of it, the question is, how do I escape it? How do I move from where I'm now to where I actually want to be? And so after doing a lot of reflection and like many, many conversations, the word that started sort of popping into my head was that if we want to escape survival mode, we have to become dangerous. And I just, I fell in love with the word. It's just a, it's such a power word. It has, it's so loaded in many ways for us already. But when used in the proper context, I think it just inspires and it motivates and it makes you feel some sort of a primal feeling that we all have. And I remember the first time I spoke to you about the word, we were sitting at, at Doppio. Remember, like we, that was the first time I explained it to you. And I could see in your face that you also get it, that it's a, it's, it's a primal, very uh, basic, I want to say, like emotion that we have. Yeah, I never, and not ever used, and not ever, but hardly ever used in the context you're using it. And, mm. I, and I think the way you explained it, and I'm obviously going to unpack it, but the way you explained it in the keynote yesterday is that there's danger coming. There's danger coming. And the only way to get ready for the danger coming is to be more dangerous than the danger. That's it. And I love that. That's it's it. like, how do you become more dangerous than the danger? And the, and the process and the, and the points that you brought across that we'll take you through um, in another podcast were just phenomenal. But unpack a little mm. bit more why you chose this word and what it means for you and how you bring it into your daily life. Yeah, I'll, I'll do the reframe that's really important for me around it. And the reframe is that there's this book called um, The Hero of a Thousand Faces written by Joseph Campbell. And in it, he outlined the hero's journey. And it's quite fascinating if you go and look at this map and you overlay it over all the stories that we love you know, Star Wars, Aladdin, Lion King, all of them, they all have a similar path, a similar journey. The hero is in his, his uh, well-known world. He's in his comfort zone. Something happens, goes out of the comfort zone into the unknown, goes through transformation, comes back to his homeland, a hero. But the one thing that we all know about the hero is that at some point along that journey, they encounter the monster, the villain, the threat, and the danger. And if the hero is going to save those who need to be saved and protect those who need to be protected, then they need to be a danger to the danger. They need to be a threat to the threat. So the hero has to be dangerous. 
And the reason why that's so important is because the alternative would be to be harmless. And if you're harmless, you can't save anyone, let alone yourself. So what we then often see in movies as well is in the build-up to the hero facing the monster, the villain, the threat, the showdown, we see them stitching all these scenes together and we see the hero getting better, faster, stronger. It's this big montage, right? Like think Rocky, think um, getting more perseverance, determination, focus, grit. And what you're really seeing is the process of the hero becoming dangerous. And so what it tells us is that to be dangerous, you have to become it. It's just not, it's not a natural state for us to be in. And so ultimately, what does it mean to be dangerous? It means that you think with clarity, you act with precision, and you feel energized and confident and like you can make things happen. And that's really sort of what this word centers around for me, is have you identified the threats in your life, in your business, that will prevent you from being your best, from living into your full potential, and are you a threat to that threat? That's really what it comes down to me. And we'll, we'll unpack it, like you said, in, a, in another episode where I'll, I'll tell the listeners a little bit more about uh, some of the content that's in the keynote. But the one thing I want to leave you with is I have a Kanban board on Trello. And what this allows me to do is I have my vision, my big vision for the future. I have some of my goals for 2020. Um, I have marketing strategies, everything that I want to be able to glance in one go every single day. And one of those is, what are the threats? And the threats, there are threats externally, but I think the bigger threats are internal. And the threats that I've put down is laziness, because I do most of my work from home, and so it's easy to let work just full time. Number two was apathy, not caring enough about the work. And the third thing was caring too much about the work and letting it get in the way of me building meaningful relationships and going to the gym. And so being able to just glance those threats every single day has made me so much more aware and has changed how I'm acting out there in the real world. Sure, man. Listen, I'm going to pause this podcast. I'm going to do some bench press. I feel so amped. <laughs> That's great. Eric Dangerous Kruger. I love that. I, and I feel amped again because I felt amped yesterday after you took me through the keynote. But again, the way you're describing it and becoming a threat to the threat and waking up dangerous. You know, I did that this mm, morning after yes. I listened to your keynote. And yes. I just love that. Before I went to bed last night, I was like, I'm waking up dangerous tomorrow. I don't give a yes. hoot. I'm, I'm waking up I dangerous. Love and, uh, I love that. Yeah, well done. Well done. I think I, I love it. And I, and I imagine this is going to be part of your book as well. Are you going to be writing this into your book somewhere? Yes. So, I mean, the book is actually going to center around dangerous that's going to be the the main theme the theme and the name, what right. i've done in the keynotes i've built out five traits of being dangerous and then yeah i'll add more um as i go along i think there's because there's many yeah. more but five uh, i think is a good for the keynote yeah i love it eh? listen and i i remember you saying to me once um because we were speaking about it and you said i'm feeling quietly dangerous and and that's it also resonated with me it's just like it's just so impactful to be in that state of mind. Yeah, it really is. I mean, if you just keep telling yourself, where am I dangerous and where am I not? Mm. What's eating me and what am I eating? You know, 
And also, I think the key here is elegantly and quietly. We're not talking about being a heavy from the south of Joburg or the east of Joburg or wherever else may be. That's also different dangerous. And that's really not very long term. That's incredibly short term and everything but dangerous. That's destructive. And I think we need to have a distinction between those two, you know? Definitely. That is, that is the distinction to make is that at the end of the day, when we talk about being dangerous, it does not imply harm in any single way. And the distinction really is between being dangerous and being destructive. And like you can know, as soon as you are in destructive mode, you're not being dangerous. Listen, but so, Absolutely. so yeah. that's my word for the year. I think uh, the listeners will hear a lot about it because um, it'll be a big focus for me also in the way that I work with teams. But we have some other yeah. ideas and insights as well for them on how to be as attractive as possible in 2020. So let's talk about uh, the CV of the future to start us off. Right. Tell me yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, Tell me about it. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I've, 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 uh, I recently had to write a CV, uh, which was the first time I think ever that I've had to write a CV. <laughs> I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. And the reason I've been an entrepreneur my whole life is because I've got daddy issues. Well, I used to have daddy issues, which means that I don't want anybody telling me what to do. So I always had to work for myself. But I, I, opening up a bank account here in the UAE is, uh, is a bit of a process. And I had to write a CV. And okay. I was writing the CV and so, and I was writing it and I was thinking, what a boring piece of paper telling people what I've done. Mm. Surely people are more interested in what I want to do. Mm. And I think the whole concept of the CV is dead. And I think what we need to do is design the CV that says 20% of your CV should be what you've done. And 80% of the CV is what you're going to do. And I think as employers, you surely want to be able to hold somebody accountable to their CV of what they want to achieve rather than the CV of what they've done. Also, what you've done is not always relevant. Mm. It's always kind of could be irrelevant. And then you read a book called Range, which is become a New York Times bestseller, and it proves the forty, the ten thousand hour rule totally wrong. It says in order to be the best. Uh, sort of player in this world that we're moving into, you need a range of different types of experiences. And together, this range makes you the best possible um, candidate. And in fact, Malcolm Gladwell, who made the 10,000 hour rule famous, has got a quote on top of the book on the front cover that says, uh, I like to learn new things and to things that prove me wrong. Malcolm really? Gladwell. So he's admitting well, that the 10,000 hour rule is wrong and now range is the right thing. So if you're hiring somebody based on a singular skill set of where they come from, that is actually not the right type of person you want to be bringing into your business. And if you look, read the book range, you'll realize that multiple adaptive sort of um, experiences from the past are things that are going to make you best for the future. And if I think about my own skill sets, you know, I, I being in the restaurant, uh, being in business, uh, being in all these sort of different businesses and different experiences have put me in such a better stead uh, to be doing what I'm doing, uh, having a much more holistic approach to different things that makes me a lot more successful in what I do based on where I've been, which is only 20%, mm. and 80% of it is where am I going? So mm. I think the CV of the future and the CV of now should be redesigned to describe where you're going rather than where you've been. What do you think? Listen, I love it. And it, it kind of dawns on me that whether you're an employee or an entrepreneur, this is a, a very useful exercise for both. Because if you are an employee looking for a new job and you write your CV in this manner, I think what it shows is that you take responsibility for your future. 
but also yes. that you are forward thinking. It just shows that you are, you're not stuck in the past. You're also thinking about where you're going. And then as an entrepreneur, like you say, entrepreneurs don't do this. Um, but perhaps a, a good exercise in doing this is that you create your to-be list. Right? Isn't that almost what it is? I think it's a mix of the to-do, to-be. It's a whole range of different things that are wanting to achieve, you know? And uh, it could be physical goals, emotional goals, spiritual goals. It's a whole range of goals, you know? And uh, I think as detailed as it can be, I think to-be is one aspect of that CV, you know? So the CV, the CV needs to change, you know? I, I, think, I think it's outdated. And uh, also maybe the CV should also include the things that you want to get trained in so that maybe your, your company that you're going to work for or whoever it is also understands that, look, whoever, George or Samantha, they're really interested in understanding more about AI and we could bring them in to train them more about AI based on the range of experience that they already have. So I think we have to redesign the CV and if there's any headhunters or any sort of personnel specialist listening to this podcast, I'd love to take, get your take on it mm. and uh, slowly but surely change the sort of way we write CVs. I think it would be a great thing to make you more attractive for the year ahead. I love it. I love it because it's not just reflecting on the past, but also reflecting on the future. So amazing. Well, projecting, projecting, projecting. On the future. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. What was uh, the second thing that you had in mind around making people well, more attractive? Well, you know, um, yeah, you know, so I, I made a post recently that kind of a lot of people liked and made a lot of comments about, and it was me in a tailor shop here in Bur, Dubai, which is the old city mm. of Dubai. Like, and I was it being just makes my up. heart, it makes my heart beat fast to hear that <laughs> in a tailor shop. Uh, it just, yeah. So here I am in Dubai, um, getting myself suited up, uh, having a tailor directly from India who doesn't actually speak any English. Um, but super passionate about what he was doing and uh, measuring me up for a suit. And I, I took a selfie in the mirror as it's my first time I'm getting a tailored suit made. I've always bought a suit mm. or bought a jacket or whatever and had a tailor, but this is the first time I'm having it done from scratch. And it was funny to myself because I come from Cape Town and Cape Town had a different armor. Mm. And I started reflecting on why it is that I am now getting a suit. And I realized that in my last sort of four chapters of my life, the cities that I've lived in have always asked for a new armor. And I remember the the very first set of armor that I had was when I was living in Joburg and I was going out and I wanted to be cool. And there was a very clear, smart, casual sort of dress sense that you carried in Joburg. And that kind of was what made you cool. And then I went to go live in London and that wasn't cool. And what was cool in London in the 90s and early 2000s was this urban streetwear. People were wearing camo pants and army clothes and there was a very different sense of fashion and how you showed up and what your armor was. And then I moved to Cape Town and Cape Town's very chill, dude. I mm. mean, it's just what it is. And when I arrived in Cape Town, I was dressing still like I was in London, but then all of a sudden it became a lot more casual. You know, I didn't have a car in, in Cape Town. I had a bicycle, I changed my whole armor set and I was much more attractive to my immediate market in that world. And now that I've moved to Dubai, I'm getting a car, um, I'm getting suits made. <laughs> and so I started listening to a podcast the other day around the myths and stories we tell around ourselves to ourselves and the armor we wear to bring about these archetypes within ourselves. And 
It was really fascinating because they were talking about how Superman wears a cape to become Superman. Otherwise, he's Clark Kent, right? Mm. Or Superwoman who wears a bracelet to become Superwoman. And so I realized that this is my superhero outfit. And in order to become attractive in the world you're in and to make an impact, the packaging that you come with is highly important. As much as we don't think it is, it really, really is important. And I think in an understated way, in an elegant way, uh, how are you bringing about your suit of armor? How are you putting on your superhero outfit? And so when you get on stage or when you get onto in front of a client or whatever you're doing in your life, when you put that outfit on, how does it make you feel? Mm. And who are you? And what persona, what myth and what story do you tell yourself when you are wearing those, um, uh, whatever they are that mm. creates your armor? Listen, I resonate with that so deeply um, on many, many levels. There's, I think to, t to take me back when, 10 years ago when I was a physio, uh, I was doing side hustles all the way through. And I remember I would literally be at, at the hospital seeing patients in the afternoon, I would be working on my digital agency. So I would, I would drive to the shopping mall and I would like try and change in the car into my suit. <laughs> that is the, yeah. the business, Eric, and not the physio, yeah. Eric, and then go and see clients. And for me, I've always... A suit has always been, especially a three-piece suit, it's always in my mind been yeah. exactly that. It transforms me from the guy sitting at home to the guy who knows and the guy who can do and the, the guy who has the knowledge. And so it's always been an important part for me. And I, exactly because of what you said, you know, you go from being Clark Kent to being Superman. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's just for me, because it, it, it's strange, because what do most guys actually associate a suit with? It's just going to work, you know, but I never had that. Growing, like growing up as a, or I guess, yeah, as a, as a physio, I didn't have that. You don't, you don't go and do physio in a suit. So for me, a suit was so aspirational, whereas for other guys, it was just like what I wear to work every day. And I know it's not about the suit itself, not about the specific item of clothing. And that's important to drive home. It's about whatever works for you, like you were saying. And yeah. there's something about a pre-performance ritual. Right. So like when you get on stage and there's that one piece of clothing that like, it just puts you into that state of mind. And for a long time when I was writing, when I got home, I would take off my watch. And the reason for me was that when I was taking it off, I was unleashing creativity. There was no blocks going to my hands, but it actually oh, started wow. just because nice. it was frustrating me that it was hitting against the desk when I was typing. Right. But then right. it became this ritual. And when I did it, like it just felt like it unleashed something, right? Mm. So I, I really resonate with, with this idea and I, I absolutely love it. Great. So, I mean, so I think as a roundup, uh, to become as attractive as possible to 2020, to make an impact on your work, your business, on the people around you, I think the first thing we need to do is realize, are you in danger or are you dangerous? Yes. Are you destructive or dangerous? And you need to kind of figure that out for yourself. Uh, I love that. You know, I, it really changed the way I woke up this morning. The second thing is if you are writing a CV or you're writing a business plan or you're writing a plan for yourself, how much of it is based on the past and how much of it is based on the future and how much of it can you weigh in on making yourself accountable uh, for writing that CV um, in lieu of how you need to show up? Mm -hmm. you know? 
And finally, what armor, what ritual, what suit are you suiting up with in order to be able to perform at your highest rate, uh, to make as much impact as possible? You know, the future is here as we started off with. And if not now, when? If not you, uh, who? And for me, and you know, I spend a lot of time with you online and I spend a lot of time with my friends that are very much in the same energetic space as I am as in creation, in developing and pushing. And I'm always so enamored by it. But I know there's many people out there that are not, you know, they're not taking that sort of responsibility and stepping up. So I hope that these three sort of uh, steps do help people structurally, structurally um, create a more attractive version of themselves for 2020. Listen, beautiful roundup. Thank you for that summary. I, I really believe it's going to be an expansive year. I believe that uh, this podcast, you know, the the title is uh, also something that we're speaking out over it and over the listeners. So I really believe it's going to be an expansive year. And we have amazing plans as well for the expansive podcast and the brand and what we want to do with it. What, did so, you say we're having a live event there? Is that what maybe, you just said there, Eric? I, didn't I mean, you. I, did you say you know, I like event? teasing things. <laughs> <laughs> So look, I mean, I know, I, didn't, I know we didn't plan to talk about it at all. I know you made a, podcast, a post yesterday on Instagram. But uh, yeah, listen, we're going we're gonna to have our first live event in Joburg yes. coming up uh, soon. We haven't yes. got the date yet, so we're looking forward. It's going to be intimate, uh, about 50 people or so. And we're just going to be rounding up some people who listen to the podcast uh, just to have a sort of high-tech, high-touch uh, interaction with people that are involved in wanting to make themselves more expansive. It's going to be amazing. Listen, I, I love being on this journey with you and I look forward to the year, sharing it with you, sharing it with our listeners. And uh, yeah, that's it from me for this episode number one of 2020. Thanks so much, Eric. Ciao, guys. Thank you, brother.